Hey, welcome to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. Today, Pastor Dave will continue his series, Part 6 of Signs. Afterwards, check out our website. Much information there about Houghton Baptist Church and the things going on in the church. By the way, September 17th, coming up, our tailgate party and game day. You don't want to miss that. More information on our website as we get it. Also, if it's been a while since you've been to church or you're just kind of looking around for a church, check out Houghton Baptist. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. We're a growing contemporary church, and we love Jesus, and we're here to worship Him. Enjoy the podcast, and have a great day. Families, little ones... Banging, making music, babies crying. Whew, that's a good sound. We are blessed. Tell you what, I already feel like I went to church with that worship this morning. Man, God is good. He's working. I, you know what's cool is our praise team this morning that led us, uh, they've only come within the, na- the last year. Uh, to, so to see all of our regulars be gone for a Sunday and see God fill it in and Thank you for Jason and Lindy and Dave and DeAndre. God's doing some very cool things. So we're going to dismiss our little ones, the rest of the kids that are in here. You can head on back, and we got to pray for our junior church workers this morning. They're in for it. There's a lot of them. I'd much rather be in here. It's safe. It's safe. How many have had a, a rough week? Rough month, rough night's sleep. Last night I said, God, I said, you know what? I just want to sleep tonight. That's all I want, just sleep. God answered that prayer. I slept like a baby, so I feel good. So you can expect I might be a little bit wound up this morning, but you're going to respond, right? You're going to speak back, and you're going to be engaged. No sleepers. You got your coffee. If you're tired, you go back and get a cup of coffee. I'll allow you to do that. And For those visitors that came in after we did the greeting, I've got three Big B gift cards, so fill out a visitor card and drop in the offering plate or uh, submit it to one of our ushers and so we can get that to you. And stick around for lunch. We've got a lunch downstairs, so I can go a little long if I want to, right? Because we've got food downstairs. We invite you to join us for that. But let's pray and ask God that he would speak to us. He's got a message for us, and it's uh, for you specifically. So, Father God, we, we love you. And we praise you, and we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the growth. We thank you for uh, the college students and the young people and the young families, and, and uh, Lord, the support that you're giving us. And God, you're, you're moving us and shaking this church, and <clears throat> you're stirring hearts, and you're allowing people to come forward and make steps of faith. And God, that's all you. It's not me. It's not our church. It's you. And we give you glory for it. I pray today as we look at your word, the sixth sign, God, that you would speak directly to us. Some of us are broken. Some of us are hurting. We're going through things. And we need you, Father, to minister to us and, and encourage us and lift us up. And, and we trust you for that. Lord, I am, I am nothing without you. Our church is nothing without you. We are nothing without your Holy Spirit, your power, and your presence. So we ask you to be here and Lord, we know that you're faithful to do so, so I pray that you speak directly to us. Open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. (laughs) 
When I was a child, I had uh, a lot of health issues to overcome, not so much different as an adult. I'm learning that once you hit mid-30s, things start to fall apart. It's depressing. My dad always told me it would happen, and now it is. I'm thankful for that. But uh, as a kid, I was in and out of the hospital. I had a low immune system. I struggled to breathe at times. I can remember trying to keep up. In, In fact, in sixth grade, I was getting lapped, lapped by all the other kids in PE class. It was a sad moment. It had nothing to do with my speed. I just couldn't breathe. It wasn't a good moment or a good look for me. But life hasn't been very easy for me. Some could look at my life and say, you know what? Pastor's had it easy. He's had it good. Everything seems to work out right for him. God has shown favor, which he has. In fact, I've had people tell me that without really knowing my story or my background, that that you've had it easy, that God has been faithful to you and They've forgotten what I've had to overcome or, or what I've had to endure. Can, can you relate to that? Has anybody ever said, you know what, you've had it easy. You've had an easy life. You've had things easy. Some could say, you know what, he deserved to suffer like that as a child or throughout his life. He deserved the life situations he's faced over the years. Now, that sounds heartless, but that happens as well. We make assessments and judgment on people. See, we, we look at people and we make an assessment of them without even really knowing them, knowing their story, where they've been, where they've come from, what they've gone through, or how much they've had to endure in their life and ultimately decide in a moment what they deserve or don't deserve. Today we're going to look at the sixth sign in our series. Everybody say signs. That's good. You guys are starting out strong. Jesus and the disciples were moving through the city, and they passed by a man that they've never met before. And they quickly jump to false conclusion. They made an assessment or assumption to the reason why this man was blind, and and Jesus had to do some further teaching here. See, See, the disciples had a lot to learn about ministry and reaching their community for Jesus Christ. I think it's important for us this morning to look deep inside ourselves and evaluate how we perceive others. Figure out whether or not we are looking through the lens of Jesus Christ. We must have the perspective through Jesus as we view other people, as we view those we're trying to reach. Today, my goal for us, and it's a simple one, is that we begin to see the possibilities of people versus their limitations. Amen? Three, three people, amen? That, that we see the, the person instead of their cover, the, the story behind the scars and the mask, that we see the potential over the problems and decide whether or not we're getting it right. Turn me to John chapter 9. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. John chapter 9. There are Bibles in the front row or the front of your seat. You can... Look at it. If you don't have one, you can use your smartphones or tablets. As long as you're on version or your Bible app. No Facebook or things like that, right? No, you can do that if you want. It's your soul. No, just kidding. John. <laughs> I didn't mean that. John chapter 9, uh, verses 1 through 7. I think God would be okay with that. He's got a word for you. John chapter 9, it says, As he was passing by, 
he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples questioned him, Rabbi, who, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. Don't miss that part. We, we must do the work of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work as long as I am in the world. I am the light of the world. After he said these things, he, he spit on the ground. Isn't that cool? Some of you are like, no, spitting's gross. Jesus spit on the ground and he made some mud from the saliva and spread the mud on his eyes. Go, he told them. Wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he left. He washed. And he came back seen. He left. He washed. And he came back seen. That's powerful. The first thing I want you to see here is an obvious one. It says, while he passed, he saw a blind man from birth. Why why does this even matter? Why does this phrase change the context of the entire story? Well, first of all, Jesus Christ and, and the disciples, they were busy with other things, weren't they? And not just ministry things. The, the religious leaders at this time were, were trying to basically hunt down Jesus and, and do away with him, to arrest him and crucify him. So they had a lot of extracurricular things on their minds, not to mention this following was growing, leaps and bounds by the day, and it only infuriated those that opposed Jesus as God was doing this work through him. And here out of the blue, out in the community, a blind man stands and it says, Jesus saw the man. I love that. Jesus saw the man. It's so simple, but says so much. This this means more than just visibly saw him. Sure, he saw the infirmities. He he saw the sickness and and the brokenness, the weariness, the, the blindness. But Jesus also saw the possibilities. Everybody say possibilities. When I look at our dogs, we have two dogs, a dachshund and a, and a weird mix. I see trouble. I just see trouble. I see dog hair on, on everything, including my sandwiches. I love, I love my wife. She's not in here, right? Okay. I, 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 <laughs> I love getting my plate of food, and I'm starving, I'm hungry, and, and there's just a dog hair. Just chilling. And I've learned not to say anything anymore. I just take it off. Because if I say something, I, I'm, I'm insulting my wife and the cookies. I know the dog hair. Yes, put the dogs away when we're cooking. So dog hair on my sandwich, not good. I see dog messes. I hear dogs barking, excessive barking. I remember every irritating thing that they've ever done. If you can't tell, I'm not really a dog person. But my children... And my wife see the dogs much differently. They love them. (laughs) Despite the mess, despite the chaos that they bring, they love them. The kids go, Dad, why why don't you love the dogs? I said, son, they're dirty. They're dirty. This is the way that Jesus looks at us. Despite our flaws, our dirtiness, our mess. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm a mess. Are you ever a mess? You've got issues, you've got weaknesses, you've got things. 
Jesus looks past the mess and the filth, the dog hair, and he sees potential. That's the way that we're supposed to look at other people as we love on them, as we reach out to them. Matthew 9.36 says this, When he saw the, ca- the crowds, everybody say saw. That was weak. Try it again. When he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion for them because they were broken and they were helpless and they were hurting like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. All you church folks, how many times have you heard this passage? The harvest is plentiful. How many times? Raise your hand. Many times, right? Over and over and over again. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Nothing has changed. This is Jesus' plea to the disciples. Listen, look at the harvest. Focus on those we're trying to reach. Stop focusing on yourself, but those we're trying to reach. Jesus says, I want you to see what I see, because you're missing it. They're hurting, and they're broken, and they're lost. Open your eyes. We sit in church, we do church, we attend church, whatever you want to call it, and we don't see. We don't have the same vision as Jesus has or had. We miss it. We cast judgment. Don't we? We make assumptions. We must see people, those that you're sitting next to, those that you work with, those that are your neighbors, those that are family members. I know that's a tough one. Amen? Amen. We've got a lot of rough family members, don't we? We must see people the way that Jesus Christ sees them, or else our chances of reaching them are slim to none. See, Jesus saw something that day the disciples did not see as they passed by. Jesus looked closer. Jesus paid more attention to the individual. The the disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned here? Rabbi, who, who sinned here, this man or, or his parents? What did he do wrong to deserve to be blind from birth? Surely he did this to himself. That's the first thing that they asked Jesus. That, that's the first thing that they thought of as they saw this broken, blind man. When, when they saw the man, they, they didn't address him or notice him for an individual or a person They saw the blindness, and they asked, who sinned here? What an awful assumption. Now, in their defense, it it was believed by Old Testament law that the sin of previous generations would be passed down, but this wasn't always the case. I think we use that as a cop-out sometimes, don't we? Amen? Why didn't the disciples ask, Lord, what can we do? Now, why... Has he sinned or what has he done wrong? Lord, what can we do? Lord, how can we help this man? Can't we do something? Imagine the frustration of Jesus as they moved from city to city, crowd to crowd, and yet many of those who followed Jesus never truly understood what they were doing and why they were doing it. They never fully embraced how far Christ would go to reach the broken, to reach the hurting. Amen? To reach the lost. And yet they followed him, and they served with him. and Jesus just wanted them to open up their eyes. See what I see. See what I see. Andy Stanley wrote this in his book, Deep and Wide, which, by the way, read Deep and Wide. 
it'll, it'll change your view of church. You'll understand more of what we've done and what we're doing here as a body. This is what he says, I will go as far as I can, stopping short of sin to reach the lost. Isn't that cool? Nothing? Like three of you like it? Okay, good. I'm glad I put that in there. I will go as far as I can. This is my model. This is what I follow. Listen, I will go as far as I can, stopping short of sin to reach the lost. I'll do whatever I can to draw people to Christ, to lead them to faith. See, Jesus put the lost first. Not himself, not the disciples, not their model. He put the lost first. As we do church, you have to put the lost first. Say, well, I'm not getting what I want, Pastor. Put the lost first. That will change your perspective. Then you'll see people through the lens of Jesus Christ. You'll understand ministry and what we're doing and, and all that God is working through. But it's hard because we, we like what we like, don't we? Put the loss first. That's my encouragement to you today. See, Jesus saw the potential of the blind. I love that. He saw the potential of the blind. A man who could never see, he saw something greater, something mightier. He, he saw the outcome, the, the finished product, long before they were ever transformed or cleaned up. Can't we apply this to how we love people and reach people? The disciples saw sin. They, they saw the ugliness. They saw the, the scars, the mask. They, they wanted to blame someone. Their first assumption was, what did he do wrong, and did he deserve to be blind? Their next assumption was, what did his parents do wrong? He must be blind because of his parents' wrongdoing, because of their sin, their mistakes. They messed up. It's their fault. It's his fault. I wonder how many here have suffered tragedy. Go ahead, raise your hand. You've suffered tragedy. You've suffered loss, great loss. I wonder how many here could say, you know what, I've had a rough life. I've had a rough life. I'm barely making it. I'm struggling. We go about life and we we pass through our community, our jobs, our, our network of people without digging deeper, looking closer, without really understanding the people we're we're trying to reach. We miss it. Don't we miss it? Let me just say this there are stories behind people's faults. Amen? There are stories behind the rough exteriors and the mask behind the scars that we wear. Jesus said to them, Neither this man nor his parents have have sinned. I, I would have loved to be there to see their faces as Jesus stood in defense of the blind man. Jesus had never met this man physically, yet knew him spiritually. Many of us, church, are are living our lives so discouraged, so defeated, so alone, depressed, assuming that that nobody knows or or nobody cares about us and our situations. Let me just say this, and this is all that matters. If you fell asleep or missed everything else, don't miss this. Jesus does. Jesus cares. Jesus knows. Jesus knows. Everybody say, Jesus knows. 
Some of, some of us believe, and myself included at times, that we have been plagued with trials and difficulties because of our own sin. Have you been there? Have you felt like that? It's all my mistakes. It's my filth. It's my mess. It's my wrong actions. Or it's because of our parents. My kids love to blame us. Mom and dad's fault. You didn't warn us. You didn't tell us. You're being too hard on us. Or it's because of our upbringing. We've had a rough life. Or we judge others to why they have faced certain trials, certain hardships. Well, you're just a drug addict because of this. You've been abused because you've gotten into relationships you should have never been involved in. Right? This happened to you because of this. It must have been your upbringing. It must have been your parents. It must have been your wrongdoing. It must be the sin that you're involved in, right? Let me just say this. Until we've walked in someone else's shoes, we have no right to judge someone else's life's choices. Ever. I hope these amens turn into application. You with me? That we let go of the judgment and the assessments, the assumptions, whatever you want to call it. Some of us have lost children in here. Some of us have lost spouses. Some of us have struggled with addictions and, and poverty, abuse. I wonder how many in here have survived physical and sexual abuse. Say, Pastor, I'm not raising my hand for that. That's too much. It's too transparent. It's too real. You've survived those, those things. Some of us have been cheated on or, or left. Broken families, broken marriages, broken relationships. These things don't happen to us because we've done something wrong. Or we deserve to suffer. Amen? You're going to love this. They happen for a greater purpose. A kingdom purpose. And, I, and I, listen, I know you're sick of hearing that. Because I get sick of saying it. I do. These things that we go through, these hardships, these trials, this time of misery, suffering, they happen for a kingdom purpose. A greater plan is in place, a kingdom plan that we have no idea about, and yet we have to just roll with it, we have to push through it, we have to fight it. We have to resist the temptation of thinking, woe is me, right, and get caught up in that mess, and say, God, you must be doing a work in my life through the ugliness through the blindness, through the mess. Notice what Jesus says next. Neither this man or his parents have sinned. This came about so that God's work might be displayed in him. Let me just say that again in case you missed it. This came about so that God's work might be displayed. Isn't that cool? In him. In him. He was blind from birth. It's a rough life, isn't it? Blind from birth. Surely God had a greater plan than this. Surely God could have done something different to display His works in His life, but He chose blindness. He chose darkness. He chose hardship. As a child, I moved around a lot with my family. I probably lived in about 30 different homes as a kid. We bounced from city to city. Home to home, church to church, I, 
attended 13 different schools during my 12 years of elementary and high school. That's a lot, isn't it? Zero stability. Zero comfort, which caused a lot of anxiety and fear, uncertainty. Then when I was 17 years old, my father left our family. Some of you know my story, some of you don't. Just left, up and gone. I faced my senior year without a dad. I was left to pick up the pieces of my brother and my younger sister and my mom. What a mess. What a mess. Which, by the way, my past doesn't define me. Let me just say this. Your past doesn't define you, nor does it make decisions for you. I turned to heavy drugs, heavy drugs. I won't give you a laundry list, but it's quite a bit. Drinking to feel better, to numb the pain that I was dealing with, the friends that I actually abused drugs with. They had actually cast me aside. They had enough of me. Imagine drug addicts and alcoholics telling you that you had a problem. (laughs) Not good. Kind of funny, right? Dave, you got a problem. I went from having a home to being homeless. No one wanted me around. I had burned every bridge possible in my life with friends and family. No one wanted to see me through the pain and through the ugliness, through the sorrow, through the mess, through the sin. I had hit rock bottom. I had nothing. I had nobody. And then I remembered there was one who cared for me. One who loved me unconditionally. Don't ever miss that. Don't forget it. Remember it. One who died for me. One who would never, ever, ever, ever fail me. One who never turned his back on me. Jesus saw the potential when others saw the scars. Jesus saw the possibilities when others saw the addiction and the mess. I'm not telling you so you feel sorry for me, but so that you would see that my life's hardships and difficulty have made me what I am today. God allowed every difficult thing I ever had to go through and endure, and I'm still enduring church because I know you are as well, that I've ever faced to display his greatest works in me and through my life. What's your story? What's your story? What's your lifelong battle look like? What's your laundry list of hurts and sorrows and baggage and garbage? Because we all have it. Allow God to display His greatest works in and through your suffering, through your hardship, through your mess. Make sure every hard thing you've ever had to go through or experience count. Everybody say, make it count. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Many of us waste it. Because we live discouraged and defeated. We live in that area of brokenness and helplessness. Make it count. Make your story count. Jesus says we have work to do. I just love that the disciples are so confused in this situation, this blind man's hurting. Jesus takes the time to teach and explain and encourage. We have work to do. What a direct statement. Let me just say this. If we want to reach our area for Jesus Christ... We have work to do. We have to rethink our purpose. We have to rediscover our passion and our zeal for God. We have to change our perspective. We have to put the work in. Amen? We have to put the work in. 
Jesus said, night is coming. Night is coming. Night is coming. I love that. He says, night is coming. I am the light of the world. I want you to see this. This entire conversation we just looked at between Jesus and the disciples took place right in front of the man who needed Jesus the most who needed his help, who needed his sight back, who needed a relationship with Jesus. Friends, oh, that we would help in kingdom work instead of getting in the way. I think sometimes as we follow Christ, we get in the way, we miss it, don't we? He said, not me, but my neighbor. I know that church member, they miss it. That person's missing it. Oh, that, that we wouldn't hold Jesus and his work back that we would be a part of what he wants to do. Jesus then he spits into the dirt to make mud, and then he wipes it on the blind man's eyes. This, this was the first time that Jesus had ever used this method to heal the blind. See, he had restored sight long before this by just speaking the word. But I believe John wanted the reader to see the process above the miracle. The process above the miracle. Everybody say process. This man had never seen colors before. He lived his entire life in darkness. This man had never seen his family. This man had never experienced Jesus in in his full grace and mercy. In a few moments, Jesus Christ would give him back his life. That's powerful. Notice the process. See, you're going through things and there's a process. You have to trust the process. Jesus made the man go do something first. Isn't that like Jesus? Amen? God, we want you to work right now. We we want your healing and your restoration. We we want to be fixed. And Jesus says, I have you to go do something first. I've asked you to go do something first. Many of us are waiting for God to act without us being willing to move by faith. Jesus put the mud on the eyelids. And he says, go. Why couldn't he have made that a little easier on this poor blind man? Right? That way we think. Because we think that about ourselves. God, why can't you just make it easier for us? Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. Go to the pool of Siloam and, and wash. Did you know that the pool of Bethesda was closer? But, but Jesus sent him to the pool of Siloam. Jesus wanted him to move by faith. Simple faith. Jesus wanted him to trust the process. At the end of this journey, God had something miraculous waiting for him, but he had to trust the process. Jesus waits for us, our faith and our obedience, to be coupled with his grace. For us to see. For us to be redeemed. It's that simple. Darkness or light. Depression or restoration. Death or life, receive what he has for us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old gone, that the old has gone, the old man, the old nature, the new is here. God has something fresh for each of us. Something new. The Bible says the man left, washed, and came back seen. Let's pray. Father God, 
Help us trust the process. Lord, as our musicians come forward, we're just going to have a time of prayer. Every head bowed, eyes closed. This is not an invitation. I'm not going to put anybody in the spot. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. As our musicians play, I want you to just think about your life. I want you to think about your baggage, your suffering. I want you to start to trust the process. What hurts and life difficulties have you faced? Who have you blamed? Your upbringing, your parents, your life situations, your hardships. Oh, that you begin to trust God for his full measure of grace and mercy. Say, Pastor, I don't even know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But today is the day I want to put my faith and trust in Christ. All you have to do is say, I simply believe that you died, were buried, and rose again. I believe. I confess with my mouth, and I believe. I am in need of grace. I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of Jesus. Just ask Him. Simply ask Him. That's all you have to do. Maybe you're a Christian and you have lost passion and zeal and you're hurting. Maybe you're angry. Would you ask God to do a work in your life? Allow you to see the harvest, see the lost, see the unchurched, not see yourself. Father God, As we come before you in this time of prayer, will you meet us? The Bible says that if we draw close to you, you'll draw close to us. Lord, I pray for hurts. I pray for illness. I pray for health for our church. God, would you restore the broken? Would you set the captives free? Would you help us beat our addictions and overcome baggage and hardships? Would you free us? God, would you love us in our brokenness? Would you heal us in our darkness? God, we trust you. We trust you. It's hard. It's difficult. We're lonely. We're in need. But you're enough. You're enough. You're enough. Help us to believe that and live that. You're enough. You're greater than any problem we have. You're bigger than any obstacle. We trust you. Lord, we believe that you'll do it again. You've been faithful when we've struggled, when we've been faithless. You've loved us when we've turned our back on you. You've spared us. You've raised us up. Help us to see the plans that you have for us and their great plans. God, meet us. Meet us. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. I'm going to have everybody stand at this time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org. And we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. 
If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.